What's up? You guys enjoying your time so far? Yes. All right. Well, I want to talk with you for a minute, just kind of what we're doing this year. Obviously, you came tonight, so you get an idea, but I want to talk for a minute of what, uh, why it's important for you to come back next month and the month after, even the months we don't feed you, because right, feed, if you feed them, they will come, right? That's the idea, but we want you to uh, hopefully make this meeting a priority each month. We meet every month, uh, and I just want to talk for a minute of why that's important, I believe, and I want to share some verses, some quotes with you, uh, hopefully to spur you on to say, man, I want to go to men's night next month. So um, I'm going to pray real quick, and we'll, we'll dive into this. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for uh, tonight, uh, thus far, just fellowship and food and being encouraged, seeing uh, young dudes play music for you and the talent that you've given them and hearing an encouraging story of what you're doing in our brother's life. Lord, we just pray that you'd speak to us now, pray you'd encourage us, and pray you'd spur us on into good works and to love and uh, to live for you, Jesus. So we just commit this time to you and pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. And so what's our theme this year for Men's Night? It's this, the meaning of manhood. <clears throat> what does it mean to be a man? We're going to talk about that every month. We're going to have a different topic. We'll get to that in a minute. I'll show you kind of our topics that we uh, landed on for this year, but this is our theme verse. Brady, if you don't mind, could you turn on that for me? Uh, I keep looking to it and getting terrified. The screen's not on, but uh, this is our theme verse for this year, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So how exactly do we do that? How do we live like men? What does it look like? What what does that mean practically? We're going to get into some practicals throughout this year, but if you were with us last year for Men's Night, you need to be reminded that we're in a war, right? We talked about the armor of God last year, how important it is for us as men to know that we are in a spiritual battle, and we need the armor of God, right? Like we talked about last year, but we also need each other. And I just want to remind you so often, Bill says that people just need reminding. So I want to remind you of some things tonight. The first thing I want to show you is this quote by, oh, I'm sorry, Brady, I made you turn it all off and then turn it back on. There we go. Uh, A.W. Tozer, <clears throat> for us to be reminded of how we do this and why we do this, but ultimately first how, when it comes up, I'll show you this quote because I think it's great. A.W. Tozer says, oh, man, <laughs> it's my bad, my bad, brothers, sorry. Yes. Brady, you're the best. Um, okay, if it comes up in three, two, all right, I'm just going to share it with you. All right, the quote is, to become effective men of God, we must know and acknowledge that every grace, every virtue proceeds from God alone, and that not even a good thought can come from except it be of him. So, our intention to honor God, to be men of God, to want to live for him is, in fact, grace. We need to be reminded of that. Like we talked about even this weekend, grace is what spurs us on into good work. So for you being here, that is the grace of God in your life to bring you to this place. And hopefully next month and every month and as we get to know each other in brotherhood. So we want to be effective men of God, right? To bring him glory, to help others, to have more joy and peace in our lives, to grow we must look to him. We must be reminded of what he has done. So I do want to just do exactly that for a minute. 
If I can, if you'd allow me to remind you, we see verses like this over and over, but we may grow stale to the truth of it. May that not be so in our hearts that we would keep it fresh. We would fight to keep this fresh. But Hebrews, we studied this last year. The writer says, Therefore, brothers, since we have, been con- since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. So Jesus died for us. He shed his blood for us. He's given us access to the throne of God. And since we have a great priest, Jesus, over the house of God, let us draw near with true, a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So Jesus has done all the work and he says, approach me. If you believe in me, if, you've, if I've forgiven your sins, approach me. He's our high priest. Amen? Amen? He's done that. That's none of our own doing. We've been talking about that in Romans. But he continues, let us hold fast that confession of our hope without wavering. Let's hold fast that. Let's not forget what he's done for us. Let's be reminded. Hold fast of it. For he who promised is faithful. And then this is important. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more is the day of drawing near. It's so important. This is what we are doing here. That's the point of men's night. That's the point of coming to church each week. But this is a specific time for brothers to be real together, to be taught what does it mean to be a man? How can we live that out? How can we encourage one another? How can we do just that? How can we stir each other up, right? In love and good works. How can we make sure we don't neglect being together as brothers this year? I wanna encourage us that in doing that. We come together to be reminded of what Christ has done for us, to stir each other up in all of those things like we talked about, but let's be honest, we need constant reminding, right? I'm gonna drive home here and I'm gonna have given this talk and I'm gonna forget and I need to be reminded tomorrow and next month. And I need you brothers to help me with that. The truth is we have a lot of voices talking at us, a lot of opportunities as men to do other things. A lot of organizations and causes want your time and your energy and your money and your passion. Many of them are good and they're holding out opportunities for us to grab. We hear things today like life coaches and life gurus and whatever that means. They're preaching messages at us for their discipleship program for them to come give your life to what they are doing for their cause. The world will try to offer us a lot of their things. Charles Spurgeon said this, a godly man often grows best when his worldly circumstances decay. Lord, let me find my life in thee and not in the mire of the world's favor or gain. There's a lot of things to give your money and your time and your energy and to work towards. May we be reminded that God calls us to do that together, to spur each other on in good works and love, to live for the gospel. I'm not saying you can't do any other thing but this, but may this be a priority in our, in our lives to be together, Lord willing. That echoes what Paul says in Romans. In chapter 12, we're gonna get to this eventually in our Roman series, but it says, again, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 
Paul has to remind us, don't be conformed to the world. The, warm, the world is preaching to you. It wants you to be conformed. It wants your mind to think like them. We are called out of the world to not live like the world, to not be like them, but to be transformed. We need transformation. We need renewal. We need discernment, don't we, brothers? We need discernment in this world. I know I do. And I need you men in my life to stir me up in discernment and in good works and to say, hey, are you renewing your mind and what's from above? But to be blunt with you, we need to grow up and to put childish things behind us, right? I know I do. I can be convicted when we get to verses like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Are we becoming men? Are we growing up in our hearts, in our minds, in our affections, in our desires, in our priorities? Let me ask you, interesting question here. What chapter is chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians usually known as? The love chapter, right? So we're men. We'll talk about love, right? So we can do it. This isn't just love for your marriage or some romantic relationship. It's not talking about that type of love. It's talking about agape love in chapter 13 before he gets to this verse. That's the term of love for unconditional love, sacrificial love. Doesn't that seem like manly love, right? Love to give your life for. Interesting that Paul talks about growing up right after talking about love and how we will love each other and how love will never end and we need to fight for love. Brothers, we need to learn how to love each other. We need to learn how to break down barriers and love each other really well, not superficially, but to unconditionally, sacrificially love each other. And hopefully these meetings are just things that will drive us towards that. To love our families, yes. Love our spouses, yes. But we need to learn to love each other and to love the church. We need to sacrifice for each other. We need to serve each other in love. We need to learn how to disagree well. Can we do that? Are we gonna allow a disagreement to just say, well, forget this place, forget that friendship, forget going to men's night, I don't wanna see that guy. Do we know how to communicate well, to forgive to fight for love and for unity. This past Saturday, an example for you is I had to call one of my co-pastors uh, before church and we had to hash out some things. And I had to say, hey brother, I love you, I'm with you, but I disagree with you on this and I have some feelings and I need you to hear me. And he said, hey, I love you too. Thanks for calling me, thanks for being willing to talk about it. And he's also said, I, but I see it a little differently too. And we worked it out, we hashed it out. And then I got here and the first thing he did when he saw me was hug me and say, hey, I love you. Do we do that together? Are we willing to fight for that? To say, it's not even about the dumb argument, it's about Jesus and figuring out a common cause. Are we willing to love each other that way? Are we willing to grow up and not be children anymore in that? Again, hopefully these meetings will spur us on in that. It will help us, it'll grow us, it'll shape us. Like the truth of Proverbs 27, Iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Are you being sharpened by someone? Someone who's sharpening you for Jesus, not for what you want, not for what the world tells you to want, not for your fortune and for your fame and for your retirement. Not all those things are bad. But is that your one goal? 
Do you have men in your life that sharpen you in all these other areas? And then spiritually, you're just like, dull as a kitchen knife, a butter knife. I don't know. Are we allowing men to spiritually sharpen us? And finally, we need these nights and we need each other in our lives because it teaches us, right? I want to encourage you, again, make this meeting a priority because we learn. Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Brady was talking about that. Having counselors, men in your life that you listen to, that you talk to, that you are honest with, that you actually hear what they say and you try to do what they tell you when, when you ask for their advice, instead of saying, cool, I didn't like what you said, so I forget you, right? No, I cannot tell you how much of a godsend so many men in this room have been in my life. Like Brady said, I would not be here without many men in this room. In my marriage, in my career, in my finances, in my parenting, in my anxiety, in my struggles, in my sin, I have learned invaluable lessons and biblical application from men in this room my co-pastors, my father, my father-in-law, my friends who are like brothers to me, true brothers to me. I could give you so many examples of practical things where without men in my life that I could say, hey, what do you think before I do this? I would be off the deep end. I would be somewhere else. I would probably not be living for Jesus. So many examples before dating my wife. Hey, dad, what do you think? I'm thinking about dating this girl. When I was dating my wife, Hey, father-in-law, I'm thinking I want to marry this girl. What do you think? Hey, I think I want to uh, change careers. What do you think before I apply for this job? What do you think before I take this job? What does that mean? What are your thoughts? I want to hear your thoughts. Hey, I'm having trouble with my kids. What did you do to train them? Can you walk me through that? I see that your kids listen to you. How do you do that? Well, I was going to buy a house. Hey, can you come to the house and see it before I buy it and spend a lot of money on this. Hey, I'm thinking about selling the house. Before you do that, what, can you come and talk to me through that? I wanna hear your thoughts. Before I buy this car, before, uh, again, certain jobs, before I move, before, when I was struggling in marriage, struggling with my kids, hey, what do you think? Seeking counsel from godly, God-fearing men has been invaluable to me. Men who will love me, guide me, care for me, and men who love me enough to say, you're being an idiot. Say, no, don't do that. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Do you have men in your life that are willing to do that? Not just for your hobbies and your other goals that you're going for in life. Spiritually, do you have people that are calling you out, that love you enough to call you out, that you've said, hey, if you see something in my life, tell me, please. I want to hear that from you, giving people permission to look into your life. We need to learn from each other. We need to seek counsel. We need to be willing to ask. We need, we need to be willing to be taught, to seek, to teach others too, right? It's not just take, 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 take. The meaning of manhood is that we are servants. We are givers. We are protectors. We teach we take people under our wing, other men under our wing, younger men in the faith, younger men age-wise, right? We can do that. I want to encourage you and challenge you to do that this year. Young men need a positive influence. They can be influenced by a great godly man in the church, which gives men a great mission in the church to influence these kids. Do you come into this building to say, hey, I can be an influence too for Jesus? I'm not just going to take but I'll look for someone to give to, to love them, to point them to Jesus, to teach them. 
Our men in our church need this, guys. We need this. I need this. You need this. That's why we have men's night. And we talk about, the, we will talk about the meaning of manhood. That's what this year is all about, is so that we can walk this out and not walk alone and figure it out together. So let me share real quick our topics for this year. These were voted on by you guys last year. At the end of the year, we had a survey and said, what do you want to hear? And that's how we ended up on the meaning of manhood. Many topics was like, what does it mean to be a man biblically? What, is, what does Jesus have for my life? As a man. So, we're going to talk about many of these great topics. Next month, one I want to highlight October 23rd, next month, we're going to have a guest speaker, amazing brother in Colorado, John Meyer. He led our uh, group of churches for a number of years, our region of churches, sister churches. He's an awesome brother. Um, he has such great wisdom and insight into manhood, and we invited him next month to come. So, I, I would encourage you to not miss that next month. But we're going to talk about leading your family and marriage. How, do we, how are we leaders in our marriage? How can we do that? How can we serve in our marriage? December, we're going to figure out a date for a fun activity or service project. More details to come. We might do a jazz game. We might find a service project. But we'll let you know in December. It's not going to be the, fir- the fourth Monday of December, obviously, because I think that's like the day after Christmas. So we won't do that to you. But uh, January, we're going to talk about leading your family and fatherhood. What, how do I... Lead as a father. What does that look like? How do I serve as a father? How do I love as a father? February, we're going to talk about purity. We all need to talk about it. We all need to hear it. We all need to be challenged and exhorted and encouraged to fight the good fight in purity. March 25th, we're going to talk about pride and anger. Nobody struggles with that, right? We're good. Just You can skip that week, right? No, we need to learn about how to control our anger. 20, uh, April, we're going to talk about evangelism, discipleship, friendship, all that in one. Bill's, good luck with that, Bill. That's a lot of topics there. Uh, I, I doubt he'll get to all of those, but it'll be great. And then we'll do another finale in May. Uh, we'll try to twist uh, Chris's arm again to cook us some meat because it's the best, right? So that's our topics for this year. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great year. I want to encourage you to make this meeting a priority. Again, it's easy. You get into the fall, school. Work, winter, travel, football, all of that, it's easy to be like, I'll skip this month. I'd encourage you to fight that. Challenge you to fight that as your brother, because I love you, because we need it. We need to be here. We need to come together each month to expect to meet others, meet new people, to put ourselves out there, to learn, to be taught, to stir one another up in love and good works and encourage them, right, and to teach others. Can we do that together? Amen. Let's pray, and then we'll have some discussion time. Lord, we love you. Thank you for bringing us together. Lord, thank you that you created manhood. Thank you that you have something to say about it. Thank you that you call us to walk together, Lord, that you say a strand of three is not easily broken, that if we fall down and we have a brother with us and you are there with us, we can get picked up, Lord, and we need each other. Would you help us? Jesus, to do that. Would you help us as we leave this place, and even now as we discuss, to be vulnerable, to be real with each other, to share, to bear each other's burdens, and to love each other well, even in in encouraging thoughts and prayer together. So we just commit this year to you, ask for you to be glorified in it. Would you uh, astound us with your goodness and with uh, what you will do in our life to grow us this year, Lord? We look to you and pray that in your name. Amen.